2: Once upon a time, and welcome to Story Story Podcast. I am today's part-time host, Simon Brooks, and I have some great stories for you on this episode. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and bring you back safely. Today, I'm introducing a couple of my favorite people and storytellers. Tim Lowry and Mo Reynolds. Very different from one another, but equally wonderful. It's easy to get up and walk in the dark before dawn when it's winter. The sun doesn't rise until 7am right now, and I can get up at 5.30 and be out of the house before 6, and hiking by 6.20 at the latest. I couldn't sleep the other night and woke at 4am. I could not get back to sleep, so I washed my face, dressed, and headed out with Mo. It was dark, and blooming cold. The moon was not quite full, maybe two-thirds done, as it were. The stars were bright, and I could see my breath when we were walking. Because it was so dark, I went up an access road, which took a nice uphill climb to a water tower and small reservoir, a tiny pond-like reservoir, not sure why they have it in the middle of the woods. The trail splits a few times, so I had to watch for where the road branched unless I wanted to end up way further from home than I planned to be. The only sound was of me breathing and the soft, muted jingle of Moe's tags, muted because she had on an orange harness. Not sure hunting is allowed where we were walking, but not everyone follows the rules at times. The trees seem to talk to one another, They were not whispering but talking quite loudly, knocks and cracks, long, slow, deep-throated squawks as the trunks rubbed against each other. This is a heavily wooded area. The water tower is the only thing for miles around other than the access road which ends at the tower and where a trail begins. I figured that it might be getting lighter as we reached the top. Little did I know, it would get cloudy and stay darker, longer. Now I get to introduce Mo Reynolds, a new friend of mine. We met in January 2020 at the Florida Storytelling Festival and very much enjoyed not only her work but her company. She is a remarkable teller, able to meld personal narrative with traditional folk and fairy tales. There's only a few people who do this and even fewer who do it well and Mo is amongst the best. Today she'll be telling you a folk story. The story of Bizarron and the devil. Enjoy
0: we get going on our story? Today's story comes all the way from a tiny island just 90 miles south of Florida. You should look up it on look it up on a map. I'll wait. Did you find it? There it is. Just 90 miles south of Florida, a little island named Cuba. Lots of good music, lots of good food, and lots of good stories. And this is a story about a man named Bizarron and how he tricked the devil. Now, Bizarron was a pretty nice fella. Not too hard-working, but not lazy. But he knew he needed work, because he needed food to eat and a place to sleep. But he didn't have a job, and he was sitting on this big rock, looking at the ocean, thinking, Oh, what am I going to do? I need to work. Where should I go? And he had some friends walk by. Bizarron, que pasa? What's going on? Bizarron, what are you doing? And he told them that he was sitting there thinking about where he could go to get a job. And they started to laugh. <laughs> Bisadon, we know a job for you. What do you mean? He says. Just down the road's the devil. And the devil is looking for someone to come work for him, you know, to cut wood and haul water and all that stuff. And Bisadon stands up and says, Which way does he live? Well then his friends stopped laughing. Whoa. And it's look, are you crazy? You can't work for the devil. Anyone who's ever gone to work for him has never been seen again. Bizarron shrugged and said, just tell me where he lives. So they pointed him in the direction and Bizaron left to go down and see if the devil would hire him. He knocked on the door. Devil opened the door and sees The Devil looks behind. ¿Qué pasa? ¿Qué quieres? What do you want? Bizarron says, I'm here to work. I heard you needed work. I'm here to help. The devil looked again behind Bisodon and says, There's only one of you. I have a lot of work. I have work for 10, 20, maybe 50 men. You'll never be able to do it. Bisodon shrugged again and he said, Oye, listen, I'm a good worker. I can do the work of 10, 20, maybe 50 men. Why don't you give me a shot? The devil agreed, welcomed Bisodon in, gave him some rice and beans for dinner, showed him where he would be sleeping, and said he would come the next morning at 5 a.m. to wake him up and go to work. Bisarón went to sleep with a full stomach and was excited for this opportunity. The next morning, 5 a.m., the devil was there shaking Bisarón awake. Levantate, levantate, get up, get up, get up. Ah, que quieres, que quieres, what do you want? And he opened his eyes and there was the devil with two big buckets. And the devil says, Oye, I have four kitchens in this house and ten bathrooms and they all need water. So you need to go all day down to the river and bring me back buckets of water. Every kitchen and every bathroom needs water by the end of the day, or you're fired. Bissadon looks at the buckets and says, I don't need buckets to get you water. I need a shovel. A shovel? Why do you want a shovel? And Bissadon said, that's for me to know, but I need a shovel, not buckets. Well, the devil was curious, so he went and got a shovel, gave Bissadon the shovel, and Bissadon walked off. Well, two hours go by, no water. Three hours, four hours, no water. Finally, the devil is getting a little bit frustrated, so he walks in the direction that Bisodon had walked off in, and there he sees Bissodon digging a huge ditch, big enough that Bisodon could lay down in and, and he was heading in the direction of the house. ¿Qué estás haciendo? The devil says. What are you doing? And Bissodon says, Look, if I came and fetched you water in a bucket, I'd have to do it every single day. But I'm just digging this ditch. I'm gonna reroute the river, bring the river to your house, and then we can step out the door and get water whenever we want. Now this sounded like a good idea, right? But the devil thought to himself, What kind of man have I hired that's strong enough to change the path of a river? And he started to get a little bit nervous about this Bisaron. It's too late, it's too late. We don't have time for this. Just bring a couple buckets of water quick and let's go in for dinner. Bisaron shrugged and said, Okay. Followed the devil back in the house, they had some beans and rice, Bisadon went to bed. But the devil told him, I'm waking you up even earlier tomorrow. And he did. At four o'clock the next morning, the devil comes in. Levantate, 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 wake up, wake up. Oh, qué quieres, quieres? what do you want? Bisadon said. The devil said, Oye, I have fifteen fireplaces in this house. Fifteen, and they all need to be filled with fresh firewood. And he thrust an axe toward Bisadon's face. Bisaron pushed the axe away. Mm 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 mm. I don't need an axe to get you firewood. I need rope. Rope? Rope. The longest rope you've ever seen in your life. I need the longest rope you have. The devil said, How are you going to use rope to get me firewood? Hey, that's for me to know. Where's the rope? The devil was curious, so he put the axe down, and he went and got a big, 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 long, long, long rope, and he gave it to Bisadon. Bisadon emptied it over his shoulder and walked away. An hour goes by, no firewood, two hours, three hours, four hours, no firewood. The devil's starting to get a little frustrated, so he walks off in the direction where Bizarón had left with the rope. And there he sees him, and he sees a rope going this way around the forest, and then on this side he looked, and there's coming Bizarón still holding the rope, and he's almost made a full loop with the rope. And the devil says, ¿Qué estás haciendo? What are you doing, Bizarón? I wanted firewood. Why are you putting rope around the trees? Pizarron said, Oye, listen, if I chopped you firewood and brought it to the house, I'd have to do that every single day. No, no, no. What I'm doing is I tied this rope all the way around the forest. Now I'm going to tie a knot in the middle, and then I can hoist the whole forest up on my back. I'll come to your house, and I'll drop the forest right by your front door. We'll have all the firewood we want. The devil was very nervous now. He looked at Bizarron and he looked at the forest. and He looked at the rope and he shook his head. No, 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 no. There's not enough time. Just grab a few sticks and come on, let's go. It's time for dinner. And on the way back, as Bizarron followed him, the devil thought, what kind of man have I hired? What kind of man can pick a whole forest up on his back? Ay, ay, ay. But then he had an idea. The next morning, he woke up Bizarro at 3 o'clock in the morning. Wake up! Levántate! Levántate! Ay, ay, ay! It's so early! ¿Qué quieres? What do you want? The devil said, Oye, listen. On the other side of the island, they're having this huge throwing contest. Men from all over are going to the coast and throwing rocks as far as they can. Whoever throws the rock the farthest gets 1,000 gold pieces. So you're going to walk all the way across the island. You're going to throw the rock farther than anyone else can throw it, and then you will bring home the money. And if you make it home in time, I'll let you keep some of it. Go! 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 sat on shrugged, grabbed his packed lunch, and went on his way, walking all the way across the island. Well, he made it all the way across the island, and there was a beautiful beach, and all these big, strong men that were throwing rocks 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet. Pisodon looked at them, found a nice spot under a palm tree, shade, and the wind, and the sand was cool, and he laid down, and he went fast asleep. An hour goes by, goes by two, three, four, five, six, seven hours go by. <sighs> See, the devil is thinking, where is that man? He should be back by now with my money. Hmm. And so the devil quickly runs over across the island and he gets there and he sees all these big strong men and they're throwing rocks and the contest is almost over and he's looking everywhere for Bizarro, and then he found him laying down under a tree asleep. Levantate, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up. Ay, que pasa? What's going on? What are you doing? And the devil said, what are you doing? You are supposed to have thrown a rock and won money and been home by now. Why are you sleeping under a tree? And Bizaron said, Oye, I am not throwing a thing until they move those ships out there in the ocean. What ships? Bizarron points out and the devil looks and way, way, way out, a mile out in the ocean, he sees the sails of three ships. And Bizarron says, Look, if I throw a rock right now, I could hit one of those ships. I could sink one of those ships. I am not taking the risk that I could sink a ship and kill someone by one of my rocks. No, I'm not throwing any rocks until they move those ships. Well, all of the other people in the throwing contest and all the judges had come around listening to Bissaron, and they were looking out at the ship, and they looked at Bissaron, and they looked out at the ships, and they thought, No, he couldn't do that, right? Right? Nobody can. Nobody can throw that far, right? But Bissaron looked pretty strong, and. The devil was with him, so that must have made him pretty strong. And so the head judge said, nope, 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 you are disqualified. Anyone that can throw that far, that might sink a ship, you're out of the contest. And they wouldn't even let Bisadon throw. So Bisadon shrugged and headed home. The devil could barely walk home. His knees were hitting together like this. He was so nervous. What kind of man have I brought into my house that could throw a rock a mile and sink a ship? <gasps> no, no, no. This won't work. He has to go. But the devil only knew one way to get rid of him. So that night, before they went to bed, after they had their beans and rice, the devil said to Bisadon, You know what? It's a beautiful night out tonight. Why don't we sleep on the porch? There's a bunk bed on the porch and we can sleep in the cool wee breeze from the ocean. It'll be nice. So Bissaron shrugged and said, Okay. So they went out to go to bed. But as Bissaron was getting into bed, he noticed that the devil had some big bulges under his shirt. And he thought, something's going on here. So he lay down and he started to snore as if he was fast asleep. Now, Bisaron was on the bottom bunk and the devil had climbed up to the top bunk. Now, when Bisaron could hear that the devil was fast asleep, Bisaron climbed out of his bed and he went and he sat in a chair so he could watch the devil and see what he did. But he kept snoring <sighs> while the devil was listening. And when he could hear that Bisadon was snoring, he leaned over with the rock and he dropped it right on the bed where Bisadon had been asleep. Bisadon saw the rock and he went, ouch! Oh, mos- the mosquito just bit me! Ouch! the devil, oh no, the devil dropped another rock, boom, ouch, another one. Oh, these mosquitoes, ouch, and then Bizarón quickly got back into bed, and the devil is sitting there and his teeth are chattering, and then in the morning the sun comes up, and he looks down, and there's Bizarón, and he's getting out of bed, ay, 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 the mosquitoes were so bad here, I had two big mosquitoes land right on my head, ouch, And the devil drops to his knees. Ay, ay, ay. Please, Bizarron, please, will you please leave my house and never come back, ever. The devil wanted nothing to do with a man who rocks bounced off of like that. He knew he was no match for Bissaron. Bizarron shrugged his shoulders and said, I don't know. I like this job and I need the money. The devil said, no, I will give you a donkey. With two big bags of gold, as much as you can carry, just please go away and never come back. Biseron shrugged and said, hmm. okay. So the devil gave him a nice burro, a donkey, and two big bags of gold, and Biseron headed on his way. Oh, the devil was so relieved. He went down to have breakfast, and there was his wife. And his wife said, what is going on? We have not had water or firewood for the last three days. Where's that servant you hired? He is worthless. And the devil said, oh, I got rid of him. And listen to this. This man was strong enough to dig a new river. And he was strong enough to pick up the forest on his back. And he was so strong, they wouldn't even let him compete in the throwing contest. And last night, rocks bounced off his head like mosquito bites. He is gone. You are so lucky. I got rid of him. The devil's wife looked at him and said, you are the biggest fool I've ever seen that man has tricked you you need to go get him right now and the devil thought to himself maybe she's right and so he headed off in search of Bisadon. now Bisadon, as he's walking along riding his donkey enjoying thinking of what he's going to do with all that gold he kept, check, kept checking over his shoulder to see if the devil was coming behind him sure enough he, him, he saw him coming so he thought fast He went and he hid the donkey in the bushes off the side of the road so no one could see it. Then he laid down in the middle of the road and he stuck his feet up like this, straight up towards the sky. The devil came along and he saw Bisaron laying on the ground with his feet up towards the sky. The devil said, ¿Qué estás haciendo? What are you doing? And Bisaron said, You know what? That donkey you gave me, is the most stubborn animal I've ever met. He wouldn't do anything I said. So I kicked him up into heaven. The devil looked at the heavens and he looked at Bissaron. You kicked... you kicked the donkey into heaven? Yeah! But... but... Then the devil was shaking. He could barely speak. But... but if you kick the donkey up into heaven, Why are you laying on the ground? And Bissadon said, Well, I want to be here to catch him when he falls back down. Then I'll show him who's boss. The devil didn't say another word. He simply said, and ran away, and ran and ran and ran. He got back to his house. And his wife said, What are you doing? Where's that servant? Why are you? What's going on? Where is he? And the devil said, I, I, he kicked, he kicked the donkey into heaven. To heaven. And that is the last place I want to be. So I want to never see Bizaron again. And lucky for the devil, he never did. And Bizaron and his donkey Lived for a long, happy time with all the devil's gold.
2: In these times of uncertainty, let Jack Horner's Employment Agency do the work to find you work. Jack Horner's Employment Agency corners the market on getting you a plum job. Take the spanner out of the works and get your thumb in the pudding. Make your dreams come true. Sign up now for the cream of the crop of the top of your just rewards. Jack Horner's Employment Agency, for your plum job. This episode is brought to you by the new patron supporter Amy Hamblin and Stacey, her six-year-old daughter. Did you know that all patrons of the podcast have the unique ability to keep their shoes tied without them coming undone and be able to call a unicorn to them, if there is one nearby? There's a special fairy tale not held with magic, and they are patrons of the arts. Have you been wanting more fairy tale reading in your life? As Winged Sandals' patron of the podcast, you can be part of the Story Book Club. Four times a year, a gently used book of folk and fairy tales will show up on your doorstep. It might be a retelling or an anthology. It might be a picture book or a chapter book. You will have to join the programme to find out. Patrons of the storybook level get all the other awards as well. The extra podcast, the postcard, the hangouts, and free admission to the live shows. The next round of books go out in January. Go to patreon.com forward slash storystorypodcast or storystorypodcast.com. Join now or upgrade your patronage to add some storytelling books to your bookshelves this year. Well, next year, I guess. Twenty-one. Instead of brightening with the dawn, it seemed to get darker as the moon vanished and stars were covered by clouds. Sounds became deeper and seemed closer at times. I could not see between the trees, but I am sure that there were deer in there. And at one point I thought I heard the plod, plod of a bear, until Mo ran to catch up with me. She was doing her normal sniff around and running to catch up. It is a long, slow climb the kind cyclists, myself included, are not fans of. Mo and I were slowing down a little, breathing a little deeper as we approached the top. The tower is not so tall, so it appears suddenly when you come around a bend, big, broad and white, well, cream now. There's a large meadow there, two small ponds, and a couple of runoffs which looked like tiny elf-like dams. There was a sound of crunching up ahead. I wondered if there were workers up there this early in the morning. It was unlikely, as all the gates at the bottom were closed and locked. There are a couple of large sheds up there, and a large pile of rocks which, had the moon not been hidden, would have shone bright in the silver light. Maybe someone was up there. Then there was that crashing again clipped Mo onto her leash and carefully approached the clearing. The water tower was on our left. The ground rose up to a bank and there was a fence and the large shed. On the other side of the shed, over to the right, was the larger of the two ponds, reservoirs. I could hear the water lapping. The other pond, further up and beyond the tower, and next to the meadow, was where the sound was coming from. We crept up slowly. It sounded like some of the trees were parting, and I could hear sounds like deep growls, rock grinding, and then a gap in the clouds shone a beam of light down. Giants. Rock giants. They saw the light, but it missed them. Maybe they thought it was the moonlight, but then a huge opening split the sky wide. Clouds seemed to vanish. The rock giants stood for a nanosecond before lumbering into the woods. Trees crashed and screeched. One giant, maybe an elder rock giant, was not as fast as the others. Was not fast enough. And the sunlight caught it. The huge being crumbled to the ground, like a tall building collapsing in on itself. Another pile of glorious rocks shining in the dawn light. I could hear calls and moans from in amongst the trees. It broke my heart. i had seen huge rocks lying down in the woods, hidden by trees, assumed that they had been carried by glaciers of centuries past. But now I wondered if these were other rock giants, caught out by early morning sun, crashing through the clouds, as giants tried to avoid the light by crashing through the trees. Our second storyteller today is Tim Lowry. Tim is an amazing storyteller who hails from South Carolina. He travels, usually, all over the country, telling stories and emceeing, teaching. Well, he he does a lot. But right now, he is going to tell the wonderful story of the barking mouse. Please enjoy the dulcet tones of my friend, Tim Lowry.
1: Once upon a time... There was a papa mouse, a mama mouse, a little girl mouse, and a tiny little boy mouse. They lived in a hole in the corner of the room, right at the bottom of the wall. And across from that hole on the other side of the floor was a big round table with four chairs. And that's where the family who lived in the big house, the hacienda, ate their supper. Being a Spanish family, they ate the most delicious Spanish food tacos, frioles, pico de gallo, guacamole. And sometimes crumbs would fall from the table and land on the floor, and then the mice would run right across the floor. They would snatch up the crumbs and then run back, and inside the little hole at the bottom of the wall where they lived, they would enjoy their snack. But the mice were always in a big hurry when they ran out into the middle of the room to snatch crumbs. Because sleeping on a big round rug right in the center of the floor, was Signor Gato, the cat. And Signor Gato did not like to eat tacos or frioles or pico de gallo. He only wanted to eat mice, sometimes a little dash of hot sauce, but only mice. One day, Little Girl Mouse and the Little Boy Mouse peeped out of the hole at the bottom of the wall and as they looked across the floor, they saw the most delicious crumbs and they started dancing around saying, Ooh, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate cake crumbs. But they were afraid to run out and get them because of Signor Gato sleeping there on his big round rug. The Little Boy Mouse said he knew how to get past Signor Gato. If you minded your manners and said please... He would let you go by. So the little boy mouse walked out onto the big round rug. He looked at the sleeping cat and he said, Señor Gato. The cat opened up his big green eyes. He flashed his long, sharp claws. And the little boy mouse said, Por favor, please. But Señor Gato doesn't know por favor means please. And he tried to eat the little boy mouse. Oh, adios. He ran home. The little girl mouse said, No, 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 no. That's not how you get past Signor Gato. You cannot say please. He does not know how to mind his manners. But if you give him three chances, he will do the right thing. You know, like when the mamacita says uno, dos, and if you don't do the right thing before she says tres, pow, ay, ay, ay. So the little girl mouse walked out onto the rug. She stood in front of the sleeping cat, and she said, "Signor Gato. The cat opened up his big green eyes. He flashed his long, sharp claws. And the little girl mouse gave him three chances to think about doing the right thing. Uno, dos, tres. But Señor Gato doesn't know that's three chances, and he tried to eat the little girl mouse. (coughs) Oh, adios. She ran home. The papa mouse said, no, 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 no. You cannot give Señor Gato uno, dos, tres, three chances. He does not know how to count. He is loco. He is crazy. You have to be fuerte, very strong. I'm going out there and tell Signor Gato to let us go by and get the chocolate. If he says no, I will punch him in his nose. And so Papa Mouse walked out onto the rug. He looked at the sleeping cat and he said, "Signor Gato. The cat opened up his big green eyes. He flashed those long, sharp claws. And Papa Mouse shook his fist at the cat and said, and the cat tried to eat him too. Adios. Now the mamma Mouse had been watching all of this. And she said to the Papa Mouse, Stand behind me. She said to the little girl mouse, Get behind your Papa. She said to the Boy Mouse, Get into the back of the line. Everyone stay together and follow me. I am not afraid of Señor Gato. I will get us the chocolate. And the mamma Mouse walked out onto the rug with all of her family trailing along behind her. She looked at the sleeping cat and she said, "Signor Gato. When he opened up his big green eyes, she did not say, por favor, please. When he flashed his long, sharp claws, she did not count uno, dos, tres. She was just a little mama mouse. She was not fuerte, big and strong. Instead, she looked right into the cat's face and said, The cat was so shocked to see a mouse barking like a dog that he jumped off the rug and ran right out of the room. And then the mama turned to her children and said, See there? It is useful to know a second language. They ran across the floor, snatched up the chocolate, and that was the end of that.
2: Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. <sighs> Show the love and go and find out more of Tim and Moe's wonderful work on their websites. As you might imagine, finding work is hard. Because it's hard to find an audience right now. So spend some cash on them when you can. Buy directly from these wonderful storytellers. Every little bit counts. You can find Rachel Anna and her podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Anne Harding. There's no E in Anne. There you'll find the visual candy from the fairy tale, sponsor ads, and other goodies. Yay! Me? Well, I'm on Instagram at Simon M. Brooks, and on Facebook, and on my website, simonbrooksstoryteller.com. Diamond Scree? Yep, that's me. The brilliant, magnificent brains behind today's fairy tale sponsor belong once again to Christina Vincent. Thanks, Christina. The inspiration for the true fairy tale came from yesterday's walk in the woods with Mo. Check out the ads for the Fairytale sponsors. They are a lot of fun. And let me, Anne and Isabel know a favourite story you have heard. Or the favourite stories of your childhood. Who knows, maybe you'll hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. For those of you who have become a patron to Rachel Anne, thank you. You make the world a better place. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast or discover real sponsorship opportunities, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com. If it isn't on the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you'd be willing to go write a review on Apple Podcasts, which does help others find and enjoy this podcast. What will you get if you become a Patreon supporter? Head over to the website and join the mailing list for the hidden goodies. And don't forget to live happily happily. Ever after.
0: And Mary Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket
1: was prepared. And to this day Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea,
0: the fly and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight and if you listen really closely you can even hear the festive music from the royal